0: Um okay you've probably seen the story in the news um uh, one of the largest dams in the world um collapsed Over the weekend. Now, how it collapsed is one of the things we'll get into with our next guest and also, uh, why it came down and who did it and all the rest of it seems up for dispute depending on who you listen to. NATO addressing it as we speak. They're having a conversation about the latest situation in Ukraine and and how big of a deal this is. It's huge. Hundreds, thousands of people have been forced to flee their homes, um, in areas below this dam. And it's just a massive amount of water completely flooding out the region, but it also provides drinking water uh... some of the cooling water for nuclear plants so there's a lot of concern here but let's get the details we're going to speak with andrew Rasulis, who's a defense expert with the canadian global affairs institute um andrew thank you for joining us appreciate your time good morning shane so just i've heard so many different things about this dam i understand it's huge it's massive what do you know where is it what does it do and why is it so important
1: Well, the the dam is basically, if you're looking at the front lines, it's just the beginning of the southern section of the front. It basically, it controls the water flow of the River Dnieper. And the River Dnieper goes down and empties into the Sea of Azov. So militarily, it is extremely important. And basically, the River Dnieper divides, as we speak now, the Ukrainian front line and the Russian front line. On the west side of Dnieper are the Ukrainians. On the east side are the Russians. And so, by having this river, uh, having the dam break, because it may have actually broken, right. we, haven't, yep. we don't know. Anyways, but the point is, having it broke the flood lines, the river has flooded. That has created, from a military point of view, some advantage for the Russians because now it complicates greatly any attempt that Ukrainians were planning to do an amphibious assault. Uh, against the Russian defense lines in the south, in Kherson and that is the uh, land bridge to Crimea. So very strategic. So from a Russian point of view, this helps them. They're going to have problems, too. Yeah. Their front line of the defense is being flooded out, so they have to move to the second line of defense. But they're on the defense, you see, so they're not going anywhere. It's the Ukrainians who wanted to go, and now that's complicated for them because it removes that access... Also, the dam had a roadway at the top, and that was like a a bridge across the river. That's gone. So now the Ukrainians can't use that either, you see? So so basically, militarily, there's an advantage for the Russians. That doesn't mean they did it, but it it is of an advantage. They are also suffering, though, because some of the water that's connected to a canal system for freshwater to Crimea may also work against the russian interests, so it's not black and white 100 percent.
0: now the and like you say the timing here is of note because we've all heard the talk for i don't know it seems i don't know months perhaps but uh more and more talking about the counteroffensive, and that was going to be happening very soon and ukraine was going to be mounting an offensive over and over we've been told that especially in the past few days and then this happens so the timing is of note there
1: Oh, critical! I mean, uh, this 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 uh, this dam broke blue uh, exactly at the time when uh, we were basically speculating quite openly that the Ukrainian counteroffensive had begun, or at least it was certainly yeah. in the initial stages. Because over the last, since around the fourth or fifth of June, Ukrainian uh, tempo of activity has increased significantly, particularly in the area of Bakhmut, but also along other vectors. The Russians have claimed that, in fact, the Rus- the Ukrainians are in their counteroffensive. The Ukrainians uh, were a little more quiet, but they were saying that, yes, we are now moving to greater offensive operations. Uh, they admitted that they, the Ukrainians were, that they, the Ukrainians, were attacking on multiple vectors. And they said that they were, in fact, advancing in areas of Bakhmut uh, by meters, by, by a few kilometers. So, yes. Basically, the offensive, as far as I can see, is underway in its early phases, and then the dam goes. Right. So, to me, the timing is perhaps not uh, coincidental.
0: For sure. Now, in terms of how that dam went collapsed, like you say, there are three competing theories: the Russians did it, yes; the Ukrainians right. did it, or it just happened because it broke. Right. I mean, those are the three yeah, theories. because there have been heavy fight. Yeah. yeah. Because there have been heavy fighting
1: in the area. Um, in the in the fall and and there was the, the, that, that there was there was damage there were some explosions there last fall, so the question then becomes but it was mined as well so the question is did 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 someone pull the pull the pin on the mines and blow yeah or did the nature sort of happen but it's uh, and i can't pass judgment
0: Um, In terms of how this affects the conflict going forward, like you say, will this derail Ukrainian plans for a pushback? Does it change what Russia was trying to do? I mean, this is one of the more contested regions. Like you say, the Kherson region down there, the Crimea. How does this affect things going forward? So it does affect it. Uh, It it doesn't stop the Ukrainian offensive, but it affects it. So it affects
1: it by uh, making any Ukrainian attempt to do an amphibious assault in the south Out of the question now, it's far too difficult. So that means the Russians do not have to worry about an imminent attack across the Kershaw in the southern area. They have therefore the option of redeploying some of their forces, thinning out their defense, not demanding, but thinning it out, moving it up further north where the Ukrainians are in fact attacking. So this helps the Russians there. And it 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 takes away one critical option from the ukrainians to distract the russians. so it works against the ukrainian offensive doesn't stop it. it just means ukrainians continue to force their way through the center of the front. um and uh and but the battle is still on. it's just but it does favor the russians.
0: um in terms of what nato's discussing today, i mean this doesn't change anything for them, right? i mean they they're still doing what they're doing, still supporting ukraine as best they can and 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 they're still watching and waiting to see, i guess, right?
1: Yes, I mean, NATO's position has been that uh, that all the countries, the countries of NATO, but uh, essentially that they supply the arms, they continue to supply the arms, and the the, the spearhead of the Ukrainian offensive, which basically we think is, has already started, uh, is all with Western armaments, yeah? Yeah. And so they're using that, but the are supporting uh, Ukrainian forces are still well-equipped with Soviet-era weapons, equivalent to what the Russians have, and they are still effective weapons just that there may be a slight qualitative edge for the western weapons but they're all weapons they all kill uh and basically the ukraine nato will continue to do what it's doing but the the damn thing doesn't affect its its role I mean nato is kind of at the maximum now anyways so i don't think there's going to be a change they are obviously want to analyze yeah. assess it and, and that kind of thing, and probably humanitarian assistance. I mean, that's the other thing that could kick in, because there's going to be huge, there is huge flooding taking place on both sides of the river now.
0: Uh, great insight, as always, Andrew. Andrew. Thank you so much for being here. I do appreciate it.